Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. A little testimony before we start, since it's been a morning of testimonies. Hallelujah. So Pastor Anne, she was talking about how a number of people have commented how when they, even when they come onto our property that we have here, that they experience the peace of God and they experience the love of God. Well, so it was one, two, two buildings ago, two buildings ago, the one that's right behind Costco, it's yeah. the one that we don't talk, speak about. <laughs> it was small, yet it was anointed. <laughs> yeah. Amen. A lot of things happen. That's where Pastor Heather and myself and the girls uh, joined Celebration Life Church. And I speak on behalf of all of us because we've talked about it a number of times, how we experienced that love and that peace. Um, and <laughs> when, you, when you're healing and, and growing and um, God's working on you and you walk into that environment, you just kind of start to cry. And it's not out of a cry of sorrow, it's a cry out of joy that you, that you just, it, your heart is touched. And that is what we experienced when we came in to Celebration Life Church. And I know many other people have experienced that. And there's a reason for that. Um... In business, there's a philosophy, and it's true, actually, that attitudes and perceptions and ways of doing things uh, trickle down from the top. And people that want to be part of those attitudes and uh, things like that, they stay and become part of the management, and people that don't like it leave. Um, and that is very true. <laughs> Pastor Gwen is her heart of servitude and submission to the Lord is how she leads this church. And that's the reason that we have this peace and the joy and the love that we experience Anytime we interact with somebody from this church, anytime we, we come here, anytime we do anything with Celebration Life Church, it's because of Pastor Gwen. So thank you for your submission. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's not the right sermon. That's the last sermon. Preach it again. No, we got another one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm thinking that's not the right scripture. Um, okay. So repeat after me. <laughs> I 
Oh, praise God. It's going to be a fun morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> God is good. And he does good things for me. God is good. And he does good things for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be talking about the good father today. And I, the, no, this has been burning in me for a while. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be able to talk about it. God is good. And he does good things for you. So many Christians don't think that. They don't think that. They don't think that way. They don't have that perception of God. They think of God as this guy who's standing up on a rocking chair looking down with a big, huge uh, cattail or whip or whatever. And he's just waiting for people to just mess up so that he can kind of give him a smack. But that is not God. That is not God. That is not our God. Our God is good, and he has good things for you. He does good things for you. He wants good things for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 17 and 18. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at 17 and 18. Now, I preached on this scripture last sermon, uh, but I want to pick something specific out here. So, verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, so this is talking about Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Hey, cool. We figured this out. That's awesome. See, the scriptures are up there now. <laughs> well, yeah, the royal we, I should say. Thank you for correcting me, Pastor Gwen. <laughs> Abigail and Pastor Heather and Bethany and whoever else figured it. Teamwork, yes. Awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he was, this is uh, commonly referred to as the rich young ruler. And he was passionate. He came running to Jesus and kneeled to him saying, what can I do to have eternal life? Verse 18, and Jesus said unto him, so we're thinking that he's going to answer the question, right? But Jesus answers the more important question at this point. He says, why callest thou me good? So in real English or regular English, that says, why do you call me good? He said, Jesus says, there is no one good but one, and that is God. I find this fascinating. That Jesus put himself, he, he didn't say, there is no one except for me and God that are good. He says, there was no one that is good but God. He includes himself in that. Right? 
Now, you think about in this time, Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. We haven't hit the New Testament. We haven't hit the New Covenant. So nobody's saved yet. Really, the only one that is saved is Jesus, right? He has no sin in him. He's walking anointed by the Holy Spirit right now. Yet he still doesn't include himself. Because God is good. He submitted to God. And he's walking with God. Remember, he said many times, I only do what I hear my father tell me to do, and I only say what I hear my father tell me to say. He's, anointed, he's submitted to him, but he says, he specifically points out that only one is good, and that is God. Only one is good, and that is God. It's important to remember. On our own, we're not good. Right? On our own, we're not good. I proved that in my life a long time ago. <laughs> I tried. I tried real hard to be good. I, I tried every way to Sunday to be good. I even went to church to try and be good. And I was a born-again Christian, but I was trying to be good. I was trying in my own flesh, in my own abilities, in my own ways to be good. But I failed miserably. Because you can't. When you, when, without God... You, you can't be good. God is only good. Mm. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> okay, let's move over to James chapter 1. It's right after... Yeah, right after Hebrews. James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In the Amplified, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift, which is a free, large, full gift, is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light. In the shining of whom there is, there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning as in an eclipse. So, every good and perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights. That's God, if you're wondering. That's God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Bad doesn't come from God. Now, correction sometimes feels like bad when it's happening to you or to me, but it's not. It's not. It's good. So think about you're, you're walking in the grocery store, and there's a family there, mom and dad, and a couple kids, and one of the kids decides to have a hissy fit right in the middle of the grocery store. They see some toy in some aisle, 
and they want that, and but the, pa the parents say, no, no, not right now. You've got enough toys at home. We'll go and play with some toys at home. And that child is just freaking out. I want that toy. I want that toy. And they go kind of the, the new, there we go, thank you, the noodle. And you can't pick them up because they're just like, eh. And you can't pick them up to get them out. And you're dragging them along the floor, whatever <laughs> you need to do. And you walk by this. And it doesn't bother you. You have, you have no interest in it. You feel not concerned about it because it's that parent with that children. Now, if it was your own child, there, that would be a different story. You would be concerned about that. You want to help them get out of the situation as gracefully as possible. <laughs> well, let's say that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal, to get, to get your child out of this as gracefully as possible, to help them, to help them grow, to help them be able to go into that situation and not have the same problem in their life, right? That is God. That is a picture of God. God, when he corrects us, it, the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and uh, in Hebrews, I can't remember which chapter in Hebrews, but I think it's around 5 or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, it says that God only chastises and corrects those he loves. That's a gift from God, to be able to let him grow you, grow me. Because we don't stop growing some people say that we don't even stop growing in when we get to heaven. I'm not sure about that. We certainly don't stop growing while we're here on earth. I can say that with all confidence. We don't stop growing when we're here on earth. And our good God wants to help us every step of the way along our path that he has for us. Every step of the way, he wants to help us. He, wants to, he has those gifts for us. He has that correction for us. He has... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. He has... Let me tell you a story. Something just, just happened to me. So, um, at work, every month, I have to uh, do this report for the workers' compensation down in California, that for our company down in California. And the report that comes out of our accounting software is messed up. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't work properly. It doesn't calculate the way I, uh, the WCB, the way I need to calculate it. And I've talked to support and they're like, yep, you're right, it doesn't do that, and it can't. So, sorry, bye-bye. <laughs> so, that is literally what they said to me. And so every month, I have to take this report and export it into, uh, out of the accounting software into software called Excel. It's from Microsoft. And then I get to do fun and amazing things with it. But it takes time every month that I have to do it because I have to add a whole bunch of columns and do a whole bunch of calculations and stuff like that on it. So it's been on my heart that in, there are other parts of our accounting software where I can create our own, my own, um, reports. And so over the last couple of weeks, it's just been on my heart. I, have, I knew I was going to have a bit of time this week to look at it and try and 
create this own report, report for myself so I don't have to export it and do all of these calculations and recreate the, the, the report, basically. And so I did this. I started this process on Friday, yesterday afternoon. No, not yesterday. Friday. It's Sunday. Friday afternoon. <laughs> I started this process. And I got it to the point where it was, it was calculating the regular rate per hour for all of the employees down there. And I'm looking at the regular rate for some of the employees, and I'm like, because they're, they're union, so I should put that in there. They're, they're all union, so there's a set rate for everybody. It's not all over the place. If I know the person is a journeyman, uh, carpenter, they should have this rate. And, and, and you know, the print, all the levels of apprentices, they all have a very specific rate. And I'm looking at some of them, I'm like, that's not the right rate. What's going on here? And um, so I started investigating this. And I find out that what it, ha um, again, let me step back again to explain a bit more. On July 1st of every year, the union um, has increases. So increases to wages and increases to the union fringe benefits that, that we have to pay to the union on behalf of all of the employees. So like every year, July 1st, there was, there was an increase. And we pull union members out of two halls in Los Angeles and in San Diego. And because we now have jobs in San Diego, and we just started, we have like two or three people that we've pulled out of the San Diego hall for the union. And so I'm looking down and like, none of these rates correspond to my spreadsheet, <laughs> my Excel spreadsheet that I have of all of the rates. And so I'm looking at this and I realize what had happened. I'd gone in and I had upgraded, I'd redone all the rates for July 1st so I could do, um, and LA was fine, but the San Diego rates were not right. And I'm not exactly sure. I have no idea what happened. I know that I put them in there, but for some reason they didn't save. So I've been paying these two or three people for the last month at the wrong rate. Nobody had shown me. Now, we're talking about the good father, right? We're talking about every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God put it on my... I hadn't thought about creating this report on my own. I mean, I've been doing WCB for, well, ever, almost ever since I've been at work, and I've been there uh, just over six years. And so um, it was God that put this on my heart to create this report and to, and to do it this week because I only have two or three employees that I need to fix. And they've only worked for about three or four weeks. Some of them not even that much. So it's a very easy thing to fix. But you see the goodness of God there? He started to well up inside of me. I need to, I need to make this report this week. I need to create, start creating this report this week, which showed me that the, these wrong rates hourly rates for these uh, employees out of the San Diego Union Hall. And now I'm able to, I was able to go in on Friday afternoon and fix all of the rates before I left work. And now 
going forward, they're going to get the right pay, and I'll be able to give them a retro paycheck next week. And it's a very small problem and very easy to fix. In about two to three weeks at this job, we've got maybe, I don't know, let's say 10 people on the job right now. Um, so this is like a $20 million job just for our portion of the job. We do steel stud framing and drywalling on it. In about two to three weeks, we're about to start ramping up so that we'll go from 10 to 50 people. Like in about a matter of um, three weeks, we'll start hiring people on. If I hadn't have found that, and I'm uh, now dealing with 50 people, 30 people, you know, it, it would, oh, praise Jesus. <laughs> Just praise Jesus. Praise that God cares about every little detail of our lives. Every little detail of our lives. You would think that that isn't a really important thing for God, but it is. It affects me, and I'm one of his children, and he's good to his children, and he's going to show you all those different things that you need to do, and if you take the time to hear him, like I could have pushed it off and done something else on Friday afternoon, and, but no, I just, I knew that I had to do it, and I knew that God had freed up the time for me to be able to do that um, on Friday afternoon. That's the goodness of God. So simple to him to help fix. So simple. Look at the second half of this scripture. Look where it says, it says in the King James, it says, with whom is no variableness. In the 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary, the word variableness means inconstancy, fickleness, unsteadiness, or levity. It also means susceptibility of change, liableness or aptness to alter. When you're apt to do something, it's like you're kind of bent that way, bent to alter, to change something. See, it says there's no change in him. There's no variableness in him. There's no, he doesn't, he doesn't turn. And then it says, neither shadow of turning. When, think about a shadow. So up here, you can't really see my shadow because there's light coming from every direction, right? But when, when I go to work every morning, especially now that we actually have sun, praise the Lord, and it's, it's actually light when I'm driving to work in the morning, I have to get on to Highway 99 from King George. So there's a cloverleaf that you have to go around and you go underneath the overpass. And I started to notice the cars in front of me over the last while when we've been having this wonderful sunny weather that the shadow starts on one side as they go around the, the cloverleaf. And when they come around, you can watch the shadow move to the other side of the car, right? Because there's no, like, there's lights here, lights here, lights here, lights here, all over the place. So you can't see my, well, I can kind of see my shadow a tiny bit, but really, you can't see my shadow. Now, if all of these lights were off and there was, like, a spotlight on me, you would be able to see my shadow behind me. And as I went, it would always go this way because my, my orientation to the light is always going to be the same, even if I go all the way around here. 
but when but when those when the cars come around that 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 clover leaf, their orientation to the sun changes and the shadow moves from one side of the car to the other when they're down and they're about to merge onto Highway 99. He says that there's no shadow of turning with God. He doesn't turn. He doesn't, he doesn't turn from what he said he will do, his promises. He doesn't turn from it. He won't turn from it. He won't turn from every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. He doesn't turn from that. He promises he won't turn from that. Everybody getting it? Uh-huh. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. God doesn't lie. He doesn't lie at all. If a word is spoken out of his mouth, it is truth. Right? You go back to the beginning of Genesis, and when he spoke, things came into existence. Because he doesn't lie. His truth comes out of his mouth. This also comes in line with no shadow of turning, right? You say one thing and do, do, then do something else, that's a shadow of turning. It's a lie. Oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then you don't do it at all. My father, I was talking with my father-in-law yesterday, and um, he, had to, he had to get some windows replaced on his, on his home. And so we had had... Uh, a company come in and do a whole bunch of windows on the front side of our home. They, there was a whole bunch of them that needed to be replaced, so we just did, redid all of them. Um, and so he phoned that company, that same company, and that, that company said, well, sorry, we're not, we're not doing homes anymore. We're only doing strata developments, and we're so busy that we wouldn't even be able to get to you for a long time. Here's the name of a company that we recommend that you can do, you can use, sorry. And so he goes ahead and he calls them and he says, here's the problem. Um, I need some estimates on replacing these windows. The seals are broken or on them or something like that, on these double-pane windows. And so he sets up an appointment and even gets the confirmation of the appointment. So he's there that day waiting for them to come on that appointment and they didn't show up, didn't call, never heard from them again. But they had even sent him like an email 
as a confirmation that, yeah, we've got this appointment that, you know, Tuesday on three, at 3 o'clock for us to come by, didn't show up. That would be a lie. That would be a shadow of turning. Right? We said we're going to do one thing, and then we do something completely different, or we don't do anything at all. Amen? God doesn't do that. God's a good God. And what he says he'll do, he'll do. What he says he'll do, you'll, he'll do. It says in his word that he healed us. Notice that was past tense. He's healed us. He has healed us. We are healed. Even if your body doesn't feel like it, you are healed. That's the truth of the word because it came out of his mouth. And he doesn't lie. Oh, hallelujah. Neither the Son of Man, that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. So, usually, so in this case, the word repentance, in the, in the um, King James, it says, neither the Son of Man, <coughs> excuse me, that he should repent. Again, repent means turning. Turning from something that you said. Now, this isn't a lie. It's saying, okay, I've said I'm going to do this, but now I'm talking to your face, and you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm turning, and I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm doing something else. So notice that it says, <coughs> excuse me, neither the Son of Man that he should repent, that he should turn from what he said. He doesn't turn from what he said. Now, there was a couple of times where he thought about it in the Old Testament with the Israelites. And Moses said, no, you don't want to do that, God. And I'm paraphrasing quite, quite a bit here. <laughs> he said, no, he got, Moses said to him, you know, no, you don't want to do that, God. That wouldn't be a good idea. And God agreed with him and said, okay, we'll keep going the way we're going. God doesn't change his mind after he said something. When he speaks it into existence... Our good Father makes it happen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. The rest of the verse here says, Has he said and shall he not do it? Just what I've been talking about here. When he says it, he'll do it. When he says it, he'll do it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? There's an expression that we have in modern English where you, you wanna, you're going to make good on something. You're going to make good on a promise. And what does that mean? It means that you're actually going to follow through and what you promised, you will do. And sometimes, <laughs> if you're not hearing the Lord, and you promise to do something, and you realize that you shouldn't have promised to do something, to make good on it means that even though you, you messed up, and maybe you double-booked yourself or something like that, you still make good on the promise. You're still going to do it. 
You're still going to follow through with it and honor what you said. You're not going to lie. You're not going to turn and change. But you're going to honor what you said and do it. Hallelujah. Or he has he spoken and shall he not make it good? God is, you can trust him. What's the other frame? You can take that to the bank. He is good. What he says he will do. His promises are yes and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to, our, the main scripture we're going to look at is verse 6, but I want to start in verse 3. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. This is Paul talking to the Philippians. Always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing. Here we go. That he, that's God our Father, which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This started at our salvation. That good work that he's talking about here started at our salvation. Started at my salvation. It started at my salvation. Uh, I was first saved when I was in my early 20s. And like I mentioned at the beginning, I had some issues with trying to give my life up completely, totally to God and let Him do everything that He wants to do through my life. And so I was trying to be a Christian, I was trying to walk as a Christian. And I was trying to be the best Christian that I could be, be the best husband that I could be, best, be the best father that I could be. But notice I was saying I a whole lot there. I was saying I. I was trying to do this. I was not letting the goodness of the Father work in me. You see, it says that he will, he will begin a good work in you and will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to stop performing it. He's not going to stop doing it. But we have, we have a part in this. We have to say yes to allow him to perform that, to allow him to do that. See, it's not based on how you feel about yourself right now either. right? It says that he which has begun a good work in you, God the Father is only good, and he's only going to do a good work in you. So that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That is not based on how you feel about yourself. It isn't based upon who I, how I feel about myself. didn't matter that before 2012 that I was making a real big mess of my life. 
he was still a good father and he still wanted to do a good work in me. I just didn't see it at the point. And as soon as I saw it, as my eyes were opened up to it and I said yes to him, that good work started to kick into high motion, high speed, top gear, moving fast. Oh, hallelujah. We were just at the Abbotsford Air Show on Friday night and had an awesome time. And it, there were some very, very fast planes. There was one point, there was a CF-18, and a bunch of us were in the lineups. They had like 30, 30 uh, um, food trucks there, but there were so many people there. Like, so I went to the Hurricane uh, potato truck, and so I waited in lineup. It was at least half an hour in the lineup, probably more like 45 minutes in the lineup. And so I get up and I'm like, woohoo! And and I order I order my hurricane. I got like six of them, right? And and for everybody that was there, and the lady's like, oh great, thank you for your order. So it'll be about 25 to 30 minutes for your order now. <laughs> and that was not unique just to the hurricane truck, the hurricane potato truck. Uh, everybody else that was at the other trucks experienced the exact same thing. But so I'm standing there and I'm waiting for my hurricane potatoes on the stick and I'm because we haven't eaten dinner yet and it's like 8.30, no, it's like 9 o'clock by this time and, and, and I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and the CF-18's out in the front and it's flying by and doing some really cool things and then the, they have announcers and they had a great PA system. I don't know how they did it, but it was amazing. And you could hear the announcers all over the place. The sea of people. All you could see was people everywhere. And they're talking, and I didn't realize that the CF-18 had gone off somewhere else. And I'm facing, looking over the field, kind of looking for the CF-18. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, what, maybe, I don't know, let's say 100 feet not even, maybe not even that above us. And it came down from behind everybody. So where all the cars were parked, it had gone out, I guess, what would that be, north maybe? I'm not, yeah, north. And then it had come in, and it had come in low. And it was, it was just cooking. Like, it was just flying. And it came, and it, and it, and it went over us, and, it, and it, the noise was so loud. Oh my God, and it was going so fast. And it came in right over people and then just went whoo, and flying up. It was just, it was so fast. And I can't remember why I'm telling you this story, but it was an <laughs> awesome story. Hallelujah. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much. Daniel was paying attention. God bless you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> I got so, oh, that's fun. I got so into the story that I forgot. Okay. God started working in my life so fast, just like that CF-18 that came flying over us and started to grow. When you submit yourself to the goodness of God, that, that growth starts to happen exponentially in your life. It does. You can see change overnight. You can see change overnight, yeah. right? It's kind of like um, the same idea as, uh, so you've got, you've got a little one, right? You've got a little baby, and you guys will ex start to, you'll experience this pretty soon. So you're with the baby every day, right? 
and the, the baby's growing every day and changing every day, but you're with the baby every day, so you don't necessarily notice everything that's changing and growing in the baby. Yeah, at first, when they're a tiny, tiny baby, you're going to see that and, and, and stuff. But then you have, you know, it's been, um, say, a couple of weeks, and so a friend comes over, and they're like, wow, your baby's changed so much. Your baby's changed so much. You, you're right in the middle of it, and you don't necessarily see it or notice it at the, uh, all the time. But the truth is, is that you're always changing. When you say yes to the goodness of God, you're instantly starting to change and grow in Him and learn in Him. Instantly starting to change. You may not be seeing it. You may not be feeling it. But we don't go on our feelings. We use our feelings to express God in us. We don't go by our feelings. We're not, we're not, we're not navigated. We're not um, um, led by our feelings in our lives. Our, our feelings are there to express God in our lives. But when you, just like that baby, when you're right in the midst and you're growing with that baby, and that baby's growing right in your arms, you don't necessarily notice all that change. But you are changing. When you say yes to the goodness of God, you are changing. You are growing. And he won't stop until the day of Jesus Christ. He won't stop. He won't, because if you say, no, not this area, God, which I've done before, it's not fun, don't do it. Yeah. It's not a good thing. But when you say to this area, like, oh, I, I just don't know if I can give that up to you for you to work in that, that doesn't mean he stopped wanting to help you in that area. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that he's waiting there. And in the covenant, and he's, just, he, he's, he's waiting there, and he's, he's like, I'm ready. Whenever you say yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to help you. I'm ready to help you grow. I want to see the goodness come out of you. I want to see goodness in your life. I want to see that in your life. I want to see that goodness in your life. He's waiting there, ready. But you have to say yes. Say yes. You have to say yes. Let him in to that area. It's only going to be good. It's only going to be good. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hmm. There's more notes than time. <laughs> Amen. Romans 2. Romans 2, uh, verse 4. So let me just kind of set this scripture up here. So basically Paul is, let's say chastising or correcting the Romans at this point, the Roman Christians. So he's talking to them and he's, yeah, 
He's encouraging them to change. <laughs> so we pick it up in verse 4 of chapter 2. And it says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? In, in verse 4 it says, oh, Or are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his, God, our good Father, his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? Not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. So in Numbers 23, I was talking about repentance, and that was kind of repentance in a bad way, where God changes his mind and says, hey, I'm going to walk away from you right now. This is repentance in a good way. This is us going the wrong way and seeing that we're going the wrong way and changing and going the right way towards God. Okay? That, that's the difference here. But the importance here is that word goodness. Oh, that's a powerful word in the Greek. When you dig down into that word goodness, the goodness of God that brings, brings us to repentance, brings us to that change, helps us grow, what I've been talking about all morning, that goodness, that word goodness, it means to fulfill what is needed in an according manner. To, to furnish, sorry, not to fulfill, to furnish what is needed for repentance in an according manner. God is going to furnish what is needed for us to make those changes in our life and to grow and to come into his goodness that he has for us in an according manner. Oh, hallelujah. And he's not going to stop doing that. He's not going to stop doing that. That example that I gave at the beginning of finding those errors in the hourly rates for the San Diego Hall Union members, that's him furnishing what is needed in an according manner to bring about change. He brought about change. I was able to find the error and change and go a different direction. He does the same thing in our own lives. I mean, I've talked about it many, many times, how how God, when I said yes in the summer of 2012, life had not been going well. And I said yes, and I knew that things weren't going well, and I, I needed to get back to God. And I chose to say yes, and I started reading my Bible every night. And remember how I said that it isn't based on feelings? You don't necessarily feel something? I wasn't feeling anything at that point, the summer of of 2012 and as I but I knew that I had to get back in the Bible and so I just started reading the Bible I can't even remember where I was most likely reading the Gospels and into the New Testament but every night I'd read I'd sit down and I'd read and I'd read and I'd read wasn't feeling a single thing but that doesn't change the truth remember he doesn't lie 
He doesn't change from what he said he's going to do. He's always going to do the same. He's always going to be the good father for us. And he's always going to come through on what he says in our lives. When we say yes. When we say yes. He was furnishing what was needed for me at that point in an according manner. Now, his according manner, God's according manner, is love. He is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. When Jesus came inside of us, love came inside of us. The fullness of God's love came on the, and live on the inside of us. So in that according manner, in that, in that manner according to his love, he was changing me. Didn't feel a single thing. We don't go on feelings. We go on the truth of the word. The truth of the word of God. We go forth in that truth that he is changing things. And so I went, I went through, you know, August, September, October, November, December, still reading the word every night. And in all honesty, at that point, it, was dry, it, it felt like it was dry as toast. Three-day, four-day-old toast. <laughs> but that doesn't change the truth that the Word of God is powerful and changes and divides between spirit and soul, joint and marrow, gets to the heart of the matter. That's what is really what that scripture in Hebrews is talking about. It gets to the heart of the matter when you're in the Word. And it, it's not about a feeling. It's about a truth of the Word of God. The goodness of God wants that truth to come to you. And then, all of a sudden, between Christmas and New Year's, it's like, it was like something exploded on the inside of me at this conference that I went to. And I came alive again. We were just looking in uh, Philippians 1.6, how... Um, he begins a good work and he doesn't stop. He, he was sitting there waiting. I'm ready, Neil. I'm ready, Neil. Whenever you say yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. You've got the word in you now. Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to do that now. And it was like my life came alive from the inside out. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.